Welcome back to the Joy of Aquatics. Today's topic is school swimming and we are speaking with a school swimming legend. Now, I really wanted to talk about school swimming today because I have just come out of a school swimming lesson and within 10 seconds of this little girl's backside hitting the water, she thought it was okay to wee. As I was flushing the water away from her to remove that yellow that was just starting to surround her, all I could think of, oh my goodness, school swimming is upon us. Definitely need to talk about school swimming on the podcast. Now, I think this is really fitting because today we're actually going to talk about, we're going to tie in what we've covered in the last two episodes. And we're going to talk about um, learn to swim versus survival in school swimming. What are the problems with school swimming? What makes it so great? We're going to cover all of these things, including the cost. With me right now is Bernadette Wilson, lovingly known as Bernie. Don't call her Bernadette. She does not like that. So Bernie, how are you this morning? Good, thanks, Joy. That's great. Good to hear. Bernie, tell us a little bit about yourself. I've been teaching swimming for uh, 31 years. I um, previously was actually auditing sales tax accounts at the taxation department and then um, got into running public swimming pools with my husband. So um, for the last 10 or 15, years, 15, 20 years, I've actually also been training swim teachers. So that's my main priority is I, um, I train swim teachers on all five levels, including you know, adults, access and inclusion, infants, competitive strokes, um, I don't think I left any out there. And also um, I train first aid, CPR, lifeguarding, etc. My passions outside the pool include um, Rotary. I'm very passionate about my work in Rotary as well as the Rotary Youth Exchange. So um, every year my husband and I take um, 20 to 30 um, exchange students around southeast Queensland for a week. And they're my passion. So, yeah. You are certainly one inspirational lady, Bernie Wilson. Oh, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just me. I'm just who I am. It's yeah. what I do. Yeah, it's what I like to be. Well, with so, all yeah. that you do with with Rotary and the Youth Exchange, and then teaching people to swim, you are certainly a giver. Thank you. You're welcome. You're one of the biggest givers in the world as well. So here we go. <laughs> I don't know about that one. Bernie, today's topic, what we're talking about today, is all about school swimming. Um, now, I know you are heavily involved in school swimming where you live. So what what is the greatest thing about school swimming for you? For us, it's reaching the kids and the students that will never have swimming lessons anywhere else. Um, just seeing on their face when they actually achieve something. So, yeah, that's the importance of it for us. Yeah, but what what is it that's, that uh, teachers that do school swimming, what do they commonly forget? I think they do forget that this is the only time that the students will swim and therefore they, they just don't seem to put the emphasis on it that they do in a normal Learn to Swim program, whether it's possibly due to the numbers of students we get in the water at the time. But I think it's just, yeah, forgetting that they don't have practice time and they won't be coming back. So we need to put everything into them right here and now. Yeah, it is It is a bit of a common theme, and I have to admit, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I've done it in the past where I've just said to 
a teacher that's never done school swimming before, I've said to him, look, it's school swimming. It's not the end of the world. If you stuff up, you stuff up. As long as no one drowns, it's okay. So, you know, if, if you don't get the greatest progressions like we do in Learn to Swim at the swim school, it's okay. So, you know what, I've, I've been guilty of saying that to other people and feeling that myself when I'm actually teaching school swimming. So how, how can we combat that, Bernie? What can we do? I think there's been a start from the education department um, the fact that in the last 12 months they've made it compulsory regardless of whether it's a school teacher, phys ed teacher or a learn to swim teacher from the local pool, they need to make sure they've got their teacher of swimming and water safety but they also are asking that they had the teacher of access and inclusion so that we're covering all the bases. All yeah. students are therefore included and um, get the benefit of the program. Yeah. Do you think the way that kids are assessed in school swimming programs adds to this whole, or oh, it doesn't matter if they don't progress, attitude? Yeah, I've seen this done in a few different places. So when my husband and I are involved in the program and we're actually setting it up, we physically go through and assess everyone ourselves. And the school teacher and the phys ed teacher then just lists them in whatever order. We go on their swimming ability and how happy they are to be in the water. Whereas with a lot of um, a lot of areas, I've actually seen it done recently where, well, no, we think it's fair that every teacher gives a bit of everything. So you're going to get good kids and bad kids in your class. So what's the best way that you've seen the kids assessed? You do it yourself. I think if the teachers are capable of doing it themselves at that very first lesson, you know, you've got a fair idea. And unfortunately, we, we can't, I don't want to say we can't trust the ch- children, but if we say to them, who can swim, they'll all throw their hands up. Yeah. Although if you watch for those that just go to the back of the group, you know, okay, these are the children we need to watch. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you do an assessment, do you get one in at a time? Well, there's usually two or three of us in the water doing it. So we okay. just, yeah, we put the students across the pool. So if they'll come off the stairs voluntarily, excellent. Then push off my knees, go and swim to my husband. That's great. And then they'll push them onto another teacher to get them out the other side. Yeah. Whereas if it's someone that's really scared, well, then we take the extra time with them. Yeah. So, yeah, and I'll well, look here, John will help you to the other side. Or, you know, let's... Let's just work out what they can do. But yeah, if we can, if we can see that they can get their face in the water, and be be wanting to get into the pool, then that's a bonus. Yeah, I think some of the issues are also the fact that there we we know skill swimming is based on the life saving side of things. Yeah, but sometimes sometimes I think it's too much. So if you follow a particular program to the letter, you've got children that. Um, a flat out swimming five meters, and yet they're supposed to be able to tread water for 20 seconds. So I think if they can jump into a pool and turn around and get themselves back to the edge, that's the first sign of safety and confidence. Yeah. Um, I think swimming is important. Um, and then you've got the other side of it where the education department has to have some sort of guidelines and they have to have some sort of an assessment process but if you can't swim I think it's something like 25 meters in grade three well then you probably get graded as having a C or a D. Mm. 
That's not Whereas fun. I'm, I, no, and I, I've seen a child but go from day one crying, hanging onto mum's skirts. Um, I get permission. I got permission from the mum to do whatever I needed to to get her into the water. But just with talking to the child, she walked in with me anyway. Um, and yeah, she was crying. She was still scared. This was grade two. And yet by the end of seven weeks, she had the confidence to jump off the blocks in the deep end in a compact jump, paddle out to me, skull and tread for around, you know, that 15, 20 seconds, go back to the edge of the pool and climb out. But she still got graded as only having a C minus or a D for skill swimming because she can't swim. But yeah. to me, she, she could save herself and that was really important. Yeah, yeah. Well, the whole way that kids are graded these days is completely changed from when I was at school. So that whole system is is completely foreign to me. Um, and I guess there are people out there that are like, why are we grading children anyway? Because of the way we're teaching them. We're forcing them all to sit in a classroom. But that's not how how kids function. So No, they need to be doing. Yeah. So there's there's... I guess there's a lot of things in the education system that people are and aren't happy about. I guess, Bernie, one question I really want to ask is what can we do as swimming teachers to help these kids as best as we can? Is it attitude? Is it a particular drill or skill? What is it that we can contribute to make this the best school swimming program possible? I think it's attitude. Attitude's the biggest thing straight off the top. I've seen swim teachers that are absolutely brilliant in a private learn to swim program. And when it comes to skill swimming, they sit on the edge of the pool. I don't have to get in. I don't have to do this. I think attitude is the first thing and, and be there doing it, not because you're going to get paid that whatever amount an hour, but really because I enjoy doing it and I need to see these children progress. My husband is currently doing a, um, a stand in locum teaching at the moment for us and you know he would rather do school swimming than private learn to swim because he knows the number of kids that need the number of swimmers that need this work yeah so yeah, yeah he had a little boy, he had a little boy yesterday that he said i wish i had the time in the next two weeks to be there for every day of his school swimming program because in 10 minutes yesterday he went from being really scared and john actually got him floating in 10 minutes and the child was so so happy just so happy that's awesome that's year three he's got to year three and he still couldn't float yeah well i guess there are a whole heap of kids out there that that can't float at all anyway and if the school teachers um don't have the knowledge or the skills i guess or even the understanding of how to help them float um it's going to be difficult. So do you see a lot of schools employing swimming teachers or do you see a lot of schools that also just go, no, our teachers are qualified, our teachers will do it? I think because the education department has changed the um, their risk assessment and said that they have to have at least a teacher swimming and water safety and then at least one person that's there in the grounds or, or, and teaching has to have that access and inclusion qualification. That started to change it. So schools are realising that they can get teachers and teachers' aides put through and they can be qualified to do their own program. However, I know that it is also deemed to be pupil-free time for a lot of school teachers. So they're conse- therefore, consequently, they are employing people from the local schools. Yeah. 
do you reckon the programs are better if they've if they've got swimming teachers like I guess professional swimming teachers as opposed to a school teacher who's done it as a as an add-on who maybe only does six to 12 weeks of school swimming a year that it is most definitely and I I don't want to take away from any of the school teachers that I know I've got um, students that I've actually taught to swim that are now teachers so I've got to be careful here but um, (laughs) most definitely Although, the, the um, once again, some of the universities are trying to change the profile as well. Uh, so earlier this year, one of the universities here in Queensland, down here in Brisbane, sorry, actually got um, all their students, uh, over. I think it was second year students, they all had to go through and do the teacher swimming and water safety course. Good. So, you know, there was about four courses run for this particular university. So it was just really, really good. And that's what we need more of. But I realise that, you know, for them, they've then got to find the time now to get to a pool and get in and teach swimming. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, there's a national shortage of swimming teachers, so extra hands in the pool in any swim school is going to be an added bonus. That's right. I mean, I heard of a swim uh, a pool the other day down here that is employing around 40 to 50 swim teachers for a school swimming program because they have something like four, four or five schools come in at once. I'm going... Well, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you, so, yeah. how do you have the space for that? Jeez. Yes, I know. That's impressive. So, and Bernie, I mean, that's, no, yeah. go for it, sorry. Oh, I'm just saying that's just a difference sometimes because I come from the perspective where up until the last few years I've always worked for myself, so I had my own pool. So, you know, if I decided I wanted to have 10, 15 metres for teaching, that's what I would get. Um, so, but the issue is that if you have too many in the pool at once, well, then obviously you're only going to get five metres square to work with. Yeah. And that becomes an issue as well as space. Well, I guess if you've got more schools coming in, I wonder then if you're able to break down the levels even smaller. I know with a lot of school swimming programs, it's advanced. Okay, you can do big arms and breathe to the side. You're either advanced, intermediate, you're learning to do your big arms and you're learning to do your breathing and then your beginners where you can't even put your face in the water. So most school swimming programs I've seen are broken down that way but I guess if you've Mm. got four or five schools coming in at once, you may be able to Mm. assess those kids into finer Mm. levels so they get exactly what they need. No, because all the schools will be done separately. Ah, Wouldn't it be great though if you could combine? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Mm. <laughs> wouldn't, it be, wouldn't everyone else save a lot of money? Yeah, Education department included. Yeah. So, but the thing too is that um, a lot of people assume that school swimming programs, if they're done through the local pool or whatever, can be awfully expensive and they don't have to be. I mean, it depends on how the system works. But, you know, as a private um, teacher, yeah, we only charge what my normal fee would be for an hour. So, you know, with my husband and I and one extra teacher, we would be charging that, let's go with, you know, just for the sake of it saying $100 an hour because that's three teachers and yeah. that's more than most people would normally get paid for teaching, you know, individually. Yeah. So three of us for one hour is $100. Yeah. And when, you, when you've got two classes coming in, but there's at least 25 students in each class, you're, you're talking about um, it only costing their parents $2 for a swimming lesson. Yeah. Yeah, I know there are, I have heard of swim schools um, and local pools going, no, it's $15 a lesson per child. 
And to me, yeah, that's not, just crazy for schools. Not for with me. the numbers that you've got, yeah. Not with, and yeah. then some of them pay a certain fee. It might be fifty dollars an hour per teacher because we have to charge you admins as well. Yeah. And it's like, you know, all you're doing is getting in and teaching and paying teachers. You're not doing anything else. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I don't. I know we certainly need to take into consideration the award wage, which does yeah. include broken shifts. So. With, yeah, so I think that's currently in 2019, about to be 2020, um, 18, no, $15.41, no, $15.85, I believe, because there's two split shift allowances. One goes to uniform and the other is the actual broken shift. So I know that that is sometimes a consideration, but that needs to be part of an hourly wage consideration what do you do there instead of going well, well it's $15 a lesson per child no matter what yeah. so yes but you're looking at you know once again let's go back to these 25 children in a class mm. two cl- two classes in an hour that's $50 50 children times 15 that's a lot of money and you're probably only talking about three swim teachers because you know for 25 children that's eight in a class so that's, oh, that, yeah, um, that doesn't work for me. It doesn't gel. It's just that I, I hate seeing it being just a money-making venture because it's more than just that, especially when it's good swimming. Yeah. So, mind you, we have a few other issues too with regards to some schools that won't tell you what conditions the children have. Oh, they, isn't they that frustrating? Like, well, they tell us it's none of our business. And, you know, for, for the level that you and I are at, we can't afford to be teaching children and then say, take them to the deep end, find out we've got a child here that has absent seizures and we've yeah. got them facing them in a deep end learning freestyle. I'm yeah. sorry, no. You know, something goes badly wrong and we lose our licence, we lose our presenters, we lose everything. So yeah. we lose half of the business because a school doesn't deem it to be our, um, our right to know. And it is our right to know because it helps us with teaching the students. Yeah, well, it does. It all comes back to safety. And yes. this is this is something that I say frequently, and that is it is our job to make sure that everyone gets a safe lesson so that everyone yeah. in the class is safe and learns and progresses. And if we don't know what conditions they maybe have like that, we can't do our job. No, and and when you start looking at the children that are covered by the Access and Inclusion Qualification, you're talking about um, children on the spectrum. We know as teachers that we can we don't treat them differently. We plan our lesson differently. We have a we have a board there which lists what they're going to do. Now, them just knowing that this is what they have to do before they get out of the water, it changes their behaviour pattern, and they don't. They don't play up as much and they don't act up. Whereas if they don't know, well, then that's what's going to happen. But we need to know this. Otherwise, is this child playing up because he's just insolent and he's just a bad egg? Or is he playing up because there's an issue? We need to know this. Speaking of school swimming, I think we've just had a school bus arrive outside, which is is why my dog is uh, having a blast out there. So, Bernie, what are the problems with school swimming? I think the numbers in the class. 
Yeah. Attitudes, as I said, of the teachers. Yeah. Sometimes having a school teacher involved who doesn't want to let their precious children in their class go, and I do understand the relationship they have with them. Yeah. Um, So they're not trusting the school, the swim teacher enough Mm -hmm. to do the right thing by them, and that's a big one. Um, And then kids that just don't go. They give yeah, the parents that's a, a problem, bit. isn't it? Yeah. And they're usually the ones that don't go or they've left their dogs at home are usually the ones that really need it. Yeah. And that, that in itself is another problem is that they don't have the opportunity to come back to the pool and practice. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so they're the problems with school swimming. What is What are the best things about school swimming? Oh, the kids just leap ahead. The kids, especially especially if the program is run every day over two weeks, which is yeah. what a lot of people we work with do, simply because it's just otherwise every week you're just going back to scratch all the time. So if you can have them run over two weeks and you just see so much progression in the children. yeah. And, and of course, you can also find then the children that have that possible potential. Hey, mate, you go and get some swimming lessons elsewhere and you'll be in club before you even know it. So finding the children with, atti- with aptitude. Yeah. I have to tell you a story. Yep. And this is another thing that we have problems with. I think with the way the world is these days, and it doesn't matter what you do, people always assume the worst. Um, and it was a school swimming group earlier this year, and the children were only preppies. And they were actually from the school where we're doing the school swimming program now. And John's there with his little preppy girl. He's got a whole class of children. And she was looking really down. She wasn't happy. And she looked at him and she goes, Mr. Wilson, he goes, yes, darling, I need a hug. He said, beg your pardon, I really need a hug. So she's five years of age, five and a half, six years of age. So there's teachers everywhere, there's students everywhere, everyone was fine. John, my husband's a big cuddly teddy bear. He gives her a hug, he puts her back on the step straight off and she goes, I feel really good now and got in and swam. And I think people forget that they really are kids. They are still just kids. So we made sure everyone knew that it happened. You know, but I think sometimes sometimes we do forget that they are children and they are only five and six and seven years of age. Yeah. And they need everything we can give them. They do. They they need that emotional support. And sometimes that does come in the form of a hug. Yep. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, Bernie, thank you for speaking with me today. I really appreciate it. No worries. Wow. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Look, what didn't we cover in that interview? Now, my biggest takeaways from all of this are they are still kids and our attitude to school swimming is what's going to make the difference. If you, like me, at times have had a bit of a lax attitude before, I'm challenging you to do better. Now I'm gonna be honest, a lot of the time my attitude is driven by the respect from the school teachers, the assessment process, and also the class numbers. There is nothing more frustrating than turning up and finding out that you have, you know, 16 kids in your group because none of them will put their face in the water, but the school teacher has got five kids because you know they're fine that to me is just mortifying and you don't really want to go in and teach that and you shouldn't be teaching that with those class numbers 
but regardless, my attitude is going to be what affects those kids. Now, we've all seen it before. School swimming season can be super, super hard for many swimming teachers. We have loads of broken shifts. We might be traveling more. Um, We've got more time in the water where we're being potentially disrespected by some kids or even the teachers or parents sometimes that turn up to swimming lessons. Have you had that before? That one's fun. Uh, And just it can really be emotionally draining. But what all of that really highlights to me now is that more than ever, we need to take care of ourselves. We need to be treating our body with respect. We've actually, at our facility, we've already had a sick swimming teacher because school swimming has been a bit much already. So when you do well and when you feel well, it's going to be much easier to rise above all of the mess that makes it easy to stay negative during school swimming. So I get it, it's not normal lessons, but these kids need us just as much as any other kids. So my fellow teachers, during this season, stay positive, look after yourself, and happy swimming.